Welcome to Crew Conversations. This is our spot to continue the conversation for crew in the Fenway area. Today, we are continuing in our mental health series. Corey Ogburn is our guest today. You'll remember her from our mental health panel back in February. This was an awesome conversation. I really loved it. I hope you do too. And with that, let's get started. Well, welcome back to Crew Conversations. Patty here. We are continuing our podcast series on mental health. And today I'm really excited. We have Corey Ogburn back. She was on our panel and she's here to dive deeper today into some questions. Corey, really excited to have you here today. Thank you so much, Patty. I'm very excited to be here and I'm very excited about the things your team is focusing on. It's been really fun to dive into the topic of mental health. And I know we got to hear a little bit of your story on Monday night a few weeks ago, but I'd love to go deeper tonight. And so I'm wondering if we could just start with what captivated you to enter the field of mental health? Yeah, that is such a good question. I can't really talk about it without talking about what kind of captivated me to go into ministry Hmm. um, for so long. So I spent years in college ministry. So I loved being there the other night. Um, I really felt compelled, I think by God's love for me to love others. So I thought if I could tell others about God the way that I knew God, that would help them the most. And I, Mm. so I loved college ministry. I love student life and students and thought that would just be a really good way to give back um, and have a purposeful and meaningful life was to do college ministry, you know, focusing people toward a God that loves them. Um, think that's so transformative. And I think the focus really a lot for me there was on Jesus as a savior and the afterlife and things like that. So years into ministry, I think I saw more of what your team was seeing, the need for the gospel to be more than a verbal message, um, more than about the future or the afterlife, but about better life here on earth, um, how we treat ourselves, how we treat other people, more about the incarnation of God as Jesus, um, living among people, relating to people, understanding humanity, giving his presence to others in a really tangible way. My view of the gospel has broadened um, into more of a, like a full healing, not just a future spiritual healing. I find a lot of meaning and purpose kind of in this um, second half of my life and help, I think, helping others to heal on all levels. Those who follow Jesus and those who don't, I think we were all created in God's image. And that is part of kingdom work is helping others heal. My journey is very intertwined. And I think Carl Jung talks about the morning of our faith and the afternoon of our faith. Hmm. And so I think I'm kind of in the afternoon of my faith that feels like it's a little bit more including all levels of our life, not just spiritual. And, um, and I think that's actually what the Bible teaches. I just don't quite think it's the way it was taught to me. So (laughs) yeah. So anyway, I'm, I, I've been captivated, I think by God's love for people my whole life. And it's just transformed as I go. And that's a really beautiful vision of caring for people and showing people God's love. 
I'm so captivated by Isaiah 58 and like these two phrases in it, repair of the breach and restore of streets to dwell in. Uh, and yeah. I think similarly, it's like, that gives me this vision of, oh, we can be a part of redeeming and restoring all of humanity, you know, and that's such a full picture. And I think Jesus, like we see him doing that in his work in the gospels. I love that vision that you have in that kind of reasoning to be in the mental health field. Yeah. I did have some professors help me see those things differently when I was at seminary. Yeah. Just giving a little more space to the Jesus that lived on earth, you know, and the restoration and the model that Jesus left when here and we kind of skip it even in the is it the Nicene Creed that says like he he was born of the Virgin Mary suffered under Pontius Pilate was crucified dead and buried and then and we don't we kind of there's a big gap where he spent a bunch of his life on earth so yeah I think what we do here on earth like you're talking about Isaiah matters it's not all about later on. What we do here is building everything that happens later, I think. And, and I think that is the message of the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So who we are holistically, including our mental health. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I think that's a big part of what what we're hoping to do with these conversations is think about our lives holistically think about our lives in an integrated way, you know, not kind of compartmentalizing things out. And so when we were at Monday Night Crew on the panel, one of the things you said that I I really loved was you just said, we all have mental health. And I think that's such a great equalizer, such great normalizer. We're not saying, you know, some people over here or some people over here. It's like, no, this is part of our humanity. This is part of honoring who we are. And so one of the things I would love to talk about today is what does it look like to honor and care for our mental health in those everyday ways, right? Like there maybe are different ways we respond um, when a crisis hits or maybe kind of, you know, a tipping point, but what does it look like to just honor our mental health in a really practical everyday way? Yeah, that is a great question. It isn't just in crisis, it's every single day. So, I mean, I know I talked the other night about sleep. I'm learning to sleep better. I'm learning to sleep more. I'm learning to give more margin and space in my life for sleep. Um, College students, I think it's one of the hardest things in the world because college life is not made for sleeping a lot. I tell students to give themselves a lot of grace because it's not like the environment is really conducive to a ton of sleep. However, sleep, sleep is taking care of ourselves. Um, I get really stressed out in life and notice my mental health taking a plunge when I have no margin. So the, that's what makes me start to freak out. And so I like relating this to maybe kind of what I learned about often in ministry was like, sometimes there's such a sense of urgency. Um, Like it's, everything is urgent. Getting the gospel message out there is urgent. I'm trying to dial that back a little bit in my own life. Like Mm. everything is not urgent to, to the, everything, things are important. 
things are significant, but um, other people's souls are not in my hands. They're in God's hands. So that urgency message, I think, made it difficult for me for a long time to have healthy margin in my life. Um, college makes it hard to have healthy margin. When a student brought up sleep revenge, you get to the end of your work day or your school day and you're like, I don't want to go to bed. I've had no time to myself. And so then we, we stay up later trying to grab some time for ourselves and then we don't go to sleep. So I think sleep is the foundation of our mental health. Self-care can sometimes be a dirty word in Christian circles because it feels like, you know, I was taught to put others before myself. I don't think that's actually the message. I think we, you know, we're compelled by God's love for us, love God, our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love others as we're loving ourselves. So this has been a huge lesson for me is that I don't think I can really love others if I don't love myself. I can't really take care of others if I'm not taking care of myself. And we fill our schedules maybe sometimes with things that are urgent. You know, take care of other people. This is really important. Oh, I try to rest on Saturdays, but when, when is the other time we're going to be able to reach out to these people if we don't do it this Saturday? You know, so we, we put ourselves second a lot. And I think that is hard to break out of because it feels selfish. I think I've even heard sermons where they've said self-care is selfish. But mm. what we're talking about is loving, loving others is very important. And as we know how to love ourselves and take care of ourselves, I think we'll do better at loving others. So I think too much of a sense of urgency in our lives has caused us not to give attention to certain areas of life that are longer journeys. Mm. Like we talked that night about systems and the correction of racial and gender inequality, things like mm. that. Those yeah. are ongoing pains that Christians, it's important for Christians to be part of. They've been going on for a long time. So we almost have to slow down a little bit to see where racial and gender inequality are happening. Healing from trauma and childhood wounds that's a longer journey. And if we're always busy, we always have activity. If we're always focused on other people, we're not going to get to those things. Taking care of ourselves, like eating well, sleeping, connecting with other people. Um, there's just no, no margin for sleep, no margin to go to therapy or to take walks with friends and connect with other people. These things help us to take care of our souls, our mental health. And so if everything is too urgent all the time, if everything is activity driven, if everything is put other people in front of yourself, then we just, we don't get to seeing ourselves as made in God's image and caring for ourselves and therefore being able to love others well. I think the good news there is if you're a caretaker, which many people are, I don't think we hear enough sermons on this, but if you're a caretaker, you actually do know how to nurture other people. And it's just another step to learn how to turn that nurture onto yourself. So I'll say that to anyone out there who's a caretaker, like, you know how to do it. You really do know how to do it. You just, it's just a turning toward yourself and seeing yourself as your dearest friend first. And then you know how to do it with other people. So it's maybe a backtracking a little bit toward yourself. Mm. So I kind of went off there, but I think 
I do think those are some of the core things of mental health and everybody having mental health. So if you don't have a diagnosed mental health condition, like anxiety or depression or bipolar disorder, you still have mental health and taking care of yourself, sleeping, keeping some margin in your life, not being so urgent and activity driven all the time. I think those are all parts of taking care of your mental health. Yeah. Wow. That's so good. I feel like there's so many things to comment on from there. I love that you touched on sleep. That's something that has really become important to me. But I think like you were saying in college, most of my twenties, probably even to the beginning of my thirties, it was not something I was valuing. And when I think about times when I filled my schedule to the brim, even when my heart was to love other people, a lot of times I look back and I think, gosh, I wasn't the best person that I could have been then, or I wasn't as kind as I wanted to be, because I think there is a sense that like creating margin, creating bandwidth actually allows us to enter in with our full self rather than like a fragmented self. And it's taken me a really long time to to get to that point. But I remember doing a summer trip one time and one of the leaders, he said, you know, when I'm working with students and things are happening in their life, maybe they seem heightened, maybe they seem elevated. The thing that he said is that I usually ask them three questions first. Are you sleeping? Are you eating? And are you staying hydrated? I'm writing that down. And he said, If the answer is no on those things, I tell them, go do those things and then come back to me and then we'll talk about it. And one, I thought that was brilliant. And so I think about that too, as like, cause I work in student ministry, but honestly, it's been a great practice in my own life. Like when things get elevated, I'll ask myself those questions and it's just enough to keep me keep me on track for that day. It's like, maybe my emotions are heightened. Maybe I'm stressed. Maybe it's whatever. And it's just like, okay, I'm going to drink some water. I'm going to make a healthy meal. And maybe nothing about my circumstances will change, but I'll be a little better equipped in my circumstances if I kind of pay attention to those things. Yeah, Patty, I think you just exactly summed it up really well of like what it looks like to take care of your mental health as a human being, regardless of any other diagnoses there or not. I wrote that down. Eating. Are you eating? Are you sleeping? Are you hydrated? That's about it. And then you can, if those things are happening, you can go from there. It takes time to eat well, doesn't it? Like I think about planning. There's money involved, especially on in college. You know, yeah. things that are less healthy for us are easier to get. Um, it takes some time to plan out your eating. It takes some time to sleep, time to sleep. Obviously you can't like shortcut that. Um, so yeah, those are, that's a great way to put it. I, I was talking to a student recently about taking care of herself first and making herself her most important relationship. I mean, I think God, we always say, course, God, (laughs) that is the right answer, (laughs) but like, but 
we are our most important relationship. If we're loving ourselves well, we are honoring the image of God in us. We will honor the image of God in other people. But um, she, she came back to me and said, you know, in order to do that, I think I have to think I'm worth it. Mm. And I was like, that is true. That is a really good point. You do. You have to think you're worth it. And then I think we get more into some of the cognitions that people have. Like, yeah, if I, I might think other people are worth it, but if I don't think I'm worth it, that's a, it's a good thought to identify. And I think sometimes we have some pretty negative thoughts going on in our heads and identifying those thoughts and getting them in the open and having others help us correct those thoughts. I think can also help with doing some pretty simple things that are hard to do, like eating better, sleeping better, mm. staying hydrated. Like we, we do have to think that we're worth it. Don't we? Mm. Yeah. That's so important. Yeah. So I think even talking about it is so healthy because then I think it can get us to some of the thoughts that might be derailing us from taking care of our mental health. And maybe we'll move into a question of like, what is the role of faith? Because when I think about that question, like, am I worth it? For me, a lot of times I do go back to my faith when I have trouble answering that myself. And when I think about who God is, who Jesus is, I think about the inherent worth and dignity of every human that exists just because we exist, like God has imparted that to us. I find a lot of comfort in, in knowing that God has said, I am valuable, I'm worth it because I'm here and for no other reason than just because I am here and I am existing. I feel like that's a way my faith has really, um, really does shape my mental health, my well-being. But there's two sides of the coin. Right. And so at the panel a little bit, we actually talked about some of the ways maybe Christian culture uh, has actually had some negative effects on people seeking help, maybe has even contributed to stigma around mental health. And um, in our community in crew in the Fenway, that's something I and I think I can say a collective we here we at Crew in the Fenway really want to push against. We are wanting to destigmatize mental health. But at the same time, I think there is a role that our faith can play that is good. And so I'm wondering if we can speak to that a little bit. What do you think the role faith plays in our mental health and our well-being and our flourishing as humans? Yeah, such a great question. I think our faith is really important. I would, years ago, I was going to see a psychiatrist for myself. I don't even know what faith she was, but she told me that she definitely has seen in her practice that the role of faith increases healing in people. We actually talked a lot about what you said, the kind of the negative cultural mm. Christianity. It not and I maybe we don't want to call that faith. So maybe here you and I can differentiate. 
and faith and cultural Christianity, I think probably is what you were saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. And she, yeah, she just said when people believe in a, a power outside of them, that in my case, a loving God who created me, I'm a work of art. I had that sense of value, like you were talking about. It really matters if we think our existence matters or not. So that, that helps people in healing a ton. Um, so I think faith plays a great role. It's funny too, even because when I say the word faith, I could put it on myself, like my amount of faith, do I have enough faith? And it also almost becomes like a work on my part. Mm. But I think the fact that I believe in a loving God who will provide for me, who the, the world is in their hands, not in my hands. And that, um, that I'm loved and safe in the end with that God plays a huge role in my life mm. and in my healing and in, I think, in the mental health field. So I loved going to your meeting and, and seeing the people that were there, seeing the diversity. And I would say one of the, just for the, some of the ways that I think cultural Christianity has limited us on the other side is just sometimes even kind of a limited lens on how we learn about Jesus or learn about God. I mean, I think we, we need a broader lens. We need, I, I have the benefit in seminary of reading, you know, womanist theologians. I, I was taught by a womanist theologian, which is, is black feminism, specifically from the point of view of a black woman you know, the things that she sees in Jesus in the gospel that a white woman wouldn't see or that a, a man wouldn't see. Um, I think the more eyes we have on the scriptures, the more is going to be pulled out. For instance, like I never heard of talk about boundaries growing up in the church. Like I just mm. feel like the people that were giving the sermons weren't struggling with boundaries. So I think boundaries are a uh, that's something that caretakers, at least, you know, people who take care of other people need to hear some sermons about boundaries. I think Jesus did talk about boundaries. We know when Jesus, you know, was looking out on the crowds and they were like sheep without a shepherd and he didn't go and meet their needs. He prayed to God for more laborers. So Jesus in human form honored his humanity. He went away to pray. He spent time with a small group of people. He spoke to the crowds, but he told some people to go back to their hometown. And he, he didn't just see the need. He looked out and saw the need. And the people were like sheep without a shepherd. And he prayed. He did not go meet the need. I just, I never heard that sermon. I, I think we need more eyes on these stories that are going to pull out more lenses. You know, we need to hear from women. We need to hear from people from different um, cultural backgrounds. I think one of my favorite books is Andrew Sung Park's Triune Atonement. Mm. And I grew up with the cross being all about the forgiveness of sins. And so the focus was always on my sin, my sin, and I need to be forgiven. And there was a payment for my sin. And Andrew Sung Park, as you know, who's someone who didn't grow up in the majority culture, 
talks about the cross and Jesus's blood being for the healing for when you're sinned against, mm. you know, I never heard that sermon. So I'm, I'm appreciating reading other reading from reading other people's perspectives on the cross um, on the Bible on stories. I think it's all in there in the Bible. I just think that, and the limited lens we've had is an important lens. It, it needs to be more people really love the book, Triumph Atonement. I, I think that it talks about the cross in a way that I needed to hear. And it mm-hmm. talks about it, those who have been more oppressed or sinned against the crosses for you too. The blood of Jesus is for the, for, for the healing of being sinned against or, you know, it's not the cross isn't only about your sin. And I, in the mental health field, I think when we can kind of mix together, you know, your need for you're such a sinner and you need a savior that can be harsh for people who grow, grew up verbally abused. That can be harsh for people who don't know that they're valued. You know, you're talking about this, there's this core thing where we need to know that we're valued. And there's a different message for different people. Some people were greatly sinned against and are still greatly sinned against and they need that different message. So I think I, yeah, I'm just very excited lately to be reading more, mm-hmm. let more people, more lenses on the gospel, more takes on what the cross is about. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I think those all feed into mental health issues because mm-hmm. You know, people who desperately want to do what God wants them to do are, you know, I don't know if they're told that it's selfish to take care of yourself, then they're going to want to not be selfish, you know, yeah. or, but, you know, if, if at the core, you never knew you were um, a work of art. I mean, Ephesians 2 tells us you are God's workmanship or literally like poema, the word is you are a work mm-hmm. of art. Um, created, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared in advance for you to do. So it takes the pressure off. Like that's even like you there, there's not a lot of pressure on you, your work of art. And I think, you know, that's being made in God's image. And I think, what would, what do we do with a work of art? We reflect on it. Um, we enjoy it. We observe it. We give thanks to the artist. It's not a selfish thing. I really think that reflecting on ourselves as a work of art and the value we have as an act of worship. And I think we, we kind of need to switch the idea that that's a selfish waste of time. Mm. So like that's an act of worship. God created you. You are important and valuable. And I think the more we have that going on in our heads, the more we will see the image of God in other people. Mm. That's really beautiful. As I'm listening to you, just the word freedom is coming to mind, you know, thinking about like, if we are God's work of art, and he has this work for us to do too, it's like, oh, how do we just look for where God is moving and look for the beauty of what God is doing and like, come alongside that, you know, and it's like, he's kind of weaving us all together into something beautiful too, you know, like you were saying, it's not just this individual thing. And I think even that idea of like, how do we look at this from more lenses? I think anybody whose first language is English, we have no plural you in our language. Ah. And because we have no plural you, it actually really changes the way we read the Bible versus a language that does have a plural you. 
Wow. Yeah. I just think it's so important that we are engaging with the fullness of God's kingdom because if every person is a representation of God, which I believe every person is, it's like the more perspectives, the more people I talk to, the more I broaden how I look at it. I think I'm only going to see God more. I'm not going to see God less. Mm -hmm. And I want to see God more. I want to learn things that I didn't know about God or just have these like times where it's like, oh my goodness, I never would have gotten there myself. But with this perspective, I now see God in a new way. Yeah. Yeah. We benefit. We benefit from all eyes, all experiences on the scripture. We benefit. We would, we would have to benefit, right? Because God is not from a certain country, not male or female. I mean, I, you know, I know we view God and have been taught to view God so much in a male sense, but I mean, if the whole, if all of humanity is a representation of God, we're, we haven't gotten the full picture, have we? We haven't heard the message from all eyes or all experiences. And it, it, you're right. It makes us better. It makes me, it makes me understand God more. Um, I'm limited. I'm just, I'm a human. I have a really limited lens. It's important. And my connection with God is important in the way I love other people. And it's just limited. It's limited. We're all limited. We need more. We need to hear from more people. Yeah, those are, those are great thoughts. Well, as we continue, and I think maybe we're touching on it, but as we think about what it looks like to remove stigma around the mental health conversation, I thought it might be helpful to talk through what are the benefits of honoring and caring for our mental health? And then what are the potential downfalls to not giving attention to this area of our life? Because I think sometimes stigma is something that like maybe exists, but we don't always know why, you know, like sometimes it's just passed down for us. Sometimes it's just in the water of the culture we're in. And so I think some ways to break down stigma are to kind of get into facts. Like, why does it, why does it matter? Why is it helpful to address our mental health and how might we actually experience hurt or, you know, I'm not sure exactly what the the word is, but yeah, what, what are the benefits to addressing our, our mental health and what might we miss if we don't do that? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's a great question. One thing comes to my mind is I see this a lot talking with college students. Mm-hmm. Um, the benefit of addressing our mental health. I mean, who is going to take care of my mental health? Like, it's just, it's just me, isn't there? I mean, it's like, it's, I think about the verse, it's almost like in the same paragraph, it says, everyone must carry their own load. Mm. And it also says, bear one another's burdens. Yes. So it's interesting to look at like, well, what is a load and what is a burden? So there are some things in life where we need other people to help us carry things. Maybe they're crises, burdens that go over the top that you just can't carry by yourself. But then there's the load, like what is the load that each person must carry themselves? And I think I would put mental health into that category. Mm. And I guess a benefit can be like, the better I am taking care of my mental health, I think if I'm moving toward like wanting a relationship with another person, an intimate relationship, or even think about it in friendships, um, 
the better I think I can connect with other people as I take care of my mental health. Um, and I see this with people um, on campus, like either they think like, like if they're both having pretty significant mental health issues, there's the idea of like, well, when you're down, I'll help you. And when I'm down, you can help me. Well, that would be great if both of us aren't down at the same time, because frankly, we just really can't control that. I use the acronym, just made up this acronym. I love it because it's easy to remember, but it's ARM. Anyone who's seen me knows this, but A is like, accept the mental health issues that I have. Mm. That's the first thing. It's sometimes you think you might have one. I might be depressed. I really feel anxious or Maybe I'm given a diagnosis of bipolar, but I'm not sure if I really have that. So I, I think a first step is accepting, accepting that I do have mental health, which is for all of us, mm. accepting that I need to sleep more, accepting that I'm not doing a good job feeding myself or eating well, So accepting what it is that I need to do to take care of my mental health. And then there's respect to the R, uh, R of arm respect the the power that those things can have over me if I don't Mm -hmm. take care of these things it it can wreck (laughs) can wreck things it can wreck me um you know generally to receive a health mental health diagnosis it has to be something that's causing distress in your relationships or your um or your career like I, I can't finish my schoolwork I cannot sit down and write an essay. My brain, my beautiful brain, however it works, is not able to focus. I, you know, I need help with that. Um, Respecting that if I don't seek the help that I need, that this could really have some distress in my life. And then the M is manage. And that's, I can learn that I have mastery over these things. I can manage this. Most most issues, most diagnoses, a person can live symptom-free. And it's Mm -hmm. a lot of work. You know, it might be finding the right medication or that people can live symptom-free with some labels that we think of as really big, you know, Mm -hmm. or scary. And so we can manage those things. So I think of a person and maybe college is a really great place to do this because it might be that you have access to therapy for a pretty affordable price at your college, mm-hmm. um, which is often tied to a health center where you could get a medical evaluation. Like if you think you have ADHD or, um, or, or anything at all, they can help you evaluate that. So I think it will benefit you personally to take care of your mental health and it will benefit your relationships because people are asking, like, I just, I met with a couple who have broken up because they're like, we have too many mental health issues going on between us. Like it, it impacts relationships. So I think the more that you can have come to the point of managing your own mental health, mm-hmm. then you can join with somebody else who's hopefully also accepting, respecting and managing their mental health issues. And then I think you can, you can do anything. You don't have to you know, you don't have to think, well, just, I have mental health issues. I have to be with someone who doesn't, or, mm-hmm. you know, this is going to limit me in some way. I, I think you, we, we bear, 
we carry our load in that way. We, I am the only one in charge of my mental health. And then I go to groups where I can like relate to other people. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like I am not alone in this. I have support. We bear one another's burdens and that we will be, we are healthier for ourselves and in relationship with other people. If we are giving attention to our mental health. And I really do think that's on every level. Like if you're just looking at the, what you said, sleeping, eating, and hydrating from that level to maybe a major diagnosis. Um, it's a courageous road. It's a brave road. It's not an urgent journey. It takes time. It's like, and that's okay. And Jesus walks that road with us Mm. and his presence is there. God's presence is with us. The presence of others who care about us. These are not like urgent quick fixes. These are like, this is something we, we must give attention to for the rest of our lives on earth. And I think as we slow down a little bit to create margin, to eat well, to take care of ourselves, to go to sleep, to believe that we are worthy of care, that we are made in God's image, that we are a work of art to believe those things. Sometimes that's a pretty long journey actually right Mm. there just to believe that. So, but these are, um, I, I just think we can't avoid it. Like, I don't know if we can be, if we don't give attention to our mental health, I don't, I think we'll burn out. Mm. That's so good. I like that acronym too. It's helpful, huh? Accept, respect, and manage. Yes. Yeah, that's super helpful. I'm loving this conversation. Um, But in our last few minutes, I'd love if you could just speak to where does someone start? You know, we're having these conversations and maybe students, people listening are thinking, gosh, I'd love to see a therapist. Or maybe I think I do need some medication for what I'm walking through but I've never done this before. Maybe I don't have a charted path. Like how does someone start down this road? Yeah. Um, such a great question. So, um, maybe first I would say, tell someone that loves you or that you feel safe with. Tell, just tell someone, Hey, I'm thinking I need to pursue this. Um, that's where I think it's like, we bear one another's burdens. Like I, I want to start taking care of this and I know I'm going to need to find a therapist or reach out somewhere. And I just want to let you know. So I think like tell someone first, let someone know so they can ask you about it so they can watch your progress and see if you're, you're moving toward that. Um, That's very, that can be really hard to do because it's vulnerable and you don't have to tell everyone that, but you know, someone who is safe, emotionally for you I think that's the first good step Mm. and then I think if you're at a college check in with them with their first because I know I know the college where I work um there are great resources for students um at a minimal price and then there's generally is also a medical center where they can do blood tests they can do medical evaluations. Um, if you think you have ADHD, they can talk that through with you, do assessments. College is actually, I think, a great time to focus on mental health support. Generally, in the United States, there's some pretty good 
help there. It's been hard during COVID, I know, because I think the mental health field is a little bit overrun right now. So I think some people, some of you listening, maybe you have called therapists, you have called psychiatrists. It's hard to get in. They're not taking anybody. They're not um, doing. Yeah. So I'm, I just want to say that good job. If you've been calling or advocating for yourself in any way, it it can be hard. I think it's especially hard right now to find Mm -hmm. therapists. Keep calling. Keep reaching out um, specifically to your students, Patty. I know there's a counseling center in the, the church where you guys meet. Yeah. Harbor Christian Counseling. Yeah. Right. Which would be a great place to reach out to somewhere that you know where, right where it is. And there are groups sometimes for maybe, maybe the issue, if it's an addiction issue, if it's, you know, you can look up groups, groups. Uh, group support can be really helpful. So if you can't find a therapist right now, sometimes you can get into group support for mm. a specific issue. Um, you know, sex addiction, alcohol addiction, drug addiction, even if you don't think you have an addiction, but you think, um, ah, my friends are telling me I'm probably drinking more than I need to be, or it just questions about it. A group can be really helpful. And NAMI, N-A-M-I, Mental Health Organization, Great Mental Health Organization. They run groups for different diagnoses, both for the person who has the diagnoses and for families and people who love them. And they have meetings, I know, going on in the Boston area. Um, community, truthfully. I mean, just going, going to the meeting the other night, just being with other people, COVID has taken away a lot of our community. So going and being with people. Oh gosh, we didn't even mention that. I would add that to your sleeping, (laughs) sleeping. Yeah. Some kind of community, some kind of community. And we're all different. And some people are more introverted and I don't want to be at a huge community gathering, but we all need people. We all need other people to stay sane. So I think that's been, we're all coming out of that from COVID community is really important wherever you can find it that will help you in your mental health journey. Um, that is totally necessary. Isolation, not great for our mental health and we're each very unique. So community doesn't have to look a certain way for everyone. It could look like regularly getting together with two of your friends. It could look like going to a big meeting, you know, We're all very different in what is overwhelming and what is helpful. So you need people, though, if you've been isolated, start to take baby steps out Mm -hmm. of isolation and into some kind of a community, even if it's not mental health related, it will help your mental health. That's such a great point. Corey, I have loved this time. I feel like I could talk another couple hours with you on this topic. Thank you for having me. I love talking with you yeah same and I know I learned a lot from this time hopefully everybody who listens they will learn a lot you yeah hopefully we all can feel a little bit more freedom to just honor honor who we are and honor the value and worth that we have so thank you so much yeah thank you patty